Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Every two weeks, experts from AMBOSS, the medical education platform, interview medical students and healthcare professionals to showcase international perspectives on everything in medical school and beyond the textbook. Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Today, I'm your host, Dr. Tanner Schrank, AMBOSS Partnerships Manager. And our guest is Dr. Syed Nakvi. He has most recently been the AMBOSS content lead for our medical student advisors. As a USMLE expert advisor, much of his work has been IMG and USMLE preparation focused. He has clinical research experience and publications spanning nearly a decade at Yale University School of Medicine with an emphasis in maternal and mental health. Thank you for being here, Syed, and joining me today on this special episode of the AMBOSS podcast. I'm happy to be here. It's been a long time coming that we've been trying to make myself available for this. So thank you for inviting me. Looking forward to having a great conversation. Yeah. So today's podcast episode is going to be a little different from our other interview style ones. Since Syed and I are AMBOSS doctors, we're going to dive into a clinical case that the AMBOSS International Medical Editorial Team has written. And if you want to follow along, you can go to amboss.com and start your five-day free trial and then follow with case 19, cough. Specifically, they have to go to the library, then clinical skills, and then they'll see the cases available. That's right. So we'll be going through the patient presentation, key things to focus on when you see a patient like this in the wards or encounter a similar patient on your exams. And then we'll cover practical tips. So let's begin. Case 19 cough. Let's start with our patient. She's a 53-year-old female coming to the doctor's office because of a cough. And then we're presented with her vital signs, 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, 37 degrees Celsius, blood pressure 135 over 80, heart rate 80 per minute, respirations 22 per minute. Now, we're supposed to take a focused history, perform a relevant physical examination, explain the preliminary differential diagnoses and initial workup plan, to the patient, write the patient note, and along the entire way, keep in mind proper communication and medical professionalism. What are you thinking when you are presented with this scenario? So we have a middle-aged female that comes Mm -hmm. to the clinic because of cough. There are tons of differential when you think of cough. And there are different ways to approach it, but the way I would do it is taking a look at what is cough associated with. So what I would always do is just make like a list of like top three differentials to probe about like tuberculosis, COPD, asthma. But those are just like high level, but it's really important to be able to dive deeper into the patient's history, their background. We know that she's afebrile. Her temperature was 98.6. Blood pressure was a little elevated, specifically the systolic. But otherwise, her heart rate was normal. Respirations are a little bit higher at 22. But just painting an overall picture as we approach this patient case would be the first thing that I would do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the conditions you outlined, it gets at the same thing I would think of. So emergencies or the most common ones. That's top of line. A lot of people use the term, think of horses, not zebras. I chased a lot of zebras in my day. (laughs) So many times in clinic, it'd be like, Stop chasing zebras. And unfortunately, like coming out of like basic sciences, sometimes we're hammered home on a lot of zebras because for exams, they're considered to be high yield topics because they come up commonly on these exams. But one of the things that we really need to do as clinicians, as physicians, is being able to really have an understanding of those zebras, but you don't necessarily start there. 
right? So that's why it's really important to nail down, like you said, the most emergent, the most urgent causes of presenting illness, presenting symptom, and then work your way down from there. Not everything is cancer. And I learned that the hard way. Yes. It's important to keep in mind, especially with her age group, but don't jump to cancer. Don't jump to exploratory (laughs) surgery. And never mention that in front of a patient. Yes, absolutely. And then along the whole way, remember, this is a real person sitting in front of you who has real feelings and who really is experiencing an uncomfortable situation. So really, top, top should be making her feel better. You know, even if we can't nail down a perfect diagnosis today, at least we can try to make her more comfortable and reassure her. Totally. In my entire like lead up to these exams, but more importantly, just like clinical practice in terms of, you know, rotations or whatever, any encounters that I've done, the biggest thing, Tanner, you probably are familiar with this, is the mnemonic pearls. Yeah. Partnership, empathy, apology, and acknowledgement, respect, legitimation, support. Yeah. What is pearls useful for? Patient communication. Right. It's honestly how you should formulate your patient encounters around partnership, empathy, apology, respect, legitimation, and support. And honestly, what I've learned in my experiences is that if you lead into pearls and you establish that report with the patient, it's going to make your entire encounter much, much, much more pleasant. Right. And that's super key. Definitely. Shall we move on to the next section of the case? All right. So she's coming in. She's coughing regularly. If you see a patient coughing, clearing their throat, offer water. Right. So that's one of the first things you would do. Try to make them more comfortable, right? Exactly. So after we've provided a more comfortable situation for them, right, proper gown, and we've introduced ourselves, we've thanked her for coming in and asked her these questions about what's her chief concern today, what brings her in, then we dive into a history. So on the AMBOSS platform, Case 19 has a helpful checklist for you to make sure that you hit all the important points of a focused history and then a proper physical exam. So starting from the top, first question is going to be about that cough. Now we need all the follow-up questions about the character of the cough. Is it productive? And she says, yes. Now we want to know what's in the cough. Is it blood? No. She says it's yellow. Okay, so it's wet, productive, it's yellow, sputum. When a patient says that, right? Oh, my cough is productive with yellow mucus. That's when you can offer them a napkin just in case they do cough and then you can look into it. Good idea to keep in mind this whole keeping them comfortable, Mm -hmm. really addressing the patient as a person idea. Yeah, totally. Now, how much does she cough up? She says about two teaspoons a day. So now we want to know when this cough started. So what was the onset? She doesn't really know, but she's had a cough for the last five years and it's getting worse. When chronic illnesses come up, I'm always thinking, why are you in the office today then? If it's been going on for five years, something happened that made her come in to the doctor's office today. It must be pretty bad. Right. So five-year cough, we're automatically thinking a chronic illness. Yep, definitely. And to your point, she must be fed up with it at this stage, right? Dealing with something for so long and having that understanding that it must be really tough for this patient. And that's why she's here today. So do everything I can to make her comfortable and make her feel hurt. Right. So we want to find out more about this cough. We're still investigating. We ask her, is it constant? Does it come and go? She says it's kind of there all the time, but it's worse in the morning. Now we ask if anything makes her cough. There's any precipitating events. She says no. Does it get worse? Is there a progression? 
She says, yes, it's been getting worse over the past few months. And then you keep asking questions like this. How often do you cough? She says, every day. What makes it better? Nothing. What makes it worse? Breathing in deeply. Hmm. Okay. And then the really helpful question, is anything else bothering you today? She says, no. Okay, so now we can safely assume that her one key concern today is this chronic cough. Yeah, definitely. What do we do next? We've discussed her chief concern. Now we want to do a review of systems. We want to go head to toe, top to bottom, see what condition she's in. And the case 19 checklist starts with things possibly related to the cough. But when I'm in a situation interviewing a new patient, I like to start the review of systems literally from the top. So I ask them about their head. I ask them any changes with vision, with thinking, confusion, memory. And this really helps me keep in mind all of the systems and I don't forget anything, right? Because you can move down the face and the cranial nerves and all the senses and then you don't forget anything. Yeah, it's really important to keep your patient encounters organized, right? Because you don't want to go back and ask a patient about, you know, oh, I forgot to ask you about this and that. And this review of systems that you're mentioning, Tanner, right now, This is what helps you paint a picture of what's actually going on beyond that cough. What brought this patient here and what's the underlying cause of their disease or condition right now? Exactly. Yeah. So she says she hasn't had any recent travel. Okay. Maybe we could have been thinking that she went somewhere with TB, trying to rule that out, like you said earlier. We're also instructed to ask about swelling of the ankles. So does she have any edema? She says they're always a little swollen. Hmm. Keep that in mind. Exactly. And why are we asking about swelling? On the surface, it kind of seems like cough and edema aren't necessarily connected, but there's an underlying connection with congestive heart failure. So we want to try to rule out cancer if we can. Any fever or chills, night sweats, fatigue? She says, no fever, no chills, no night sweats. Yes, I feel fatigued. I feel more tired than usual the past couple of months. Okay. This could be associated with shortness of breath from coughing these last few months. It could be some other chronic condition. Any racing of the heart, any chest pain? No. Any shortness of breath? Yes. When I walk up two flights of stairs, I lose my breath. So she's already quantified how short of breath she is. This brings to mind the New York Association classification of heart failure and which stage potentially. Yeah. The rest of the review looks at urinary problems. She says she gets up to go to the bathroom a lot at night. Any bowel problems? She says no. Does she have any sleep problems? Does she need multiple pillows or does she feel better if she's sleeping a little more upright? She says no. Is her appetite increased or decreased? She says normal. Has she had any change in weight? Yes. She has lost 6.6 pounds in the last three months. She wasn't even trying, but I cannot say I mind losing some weight. So here we have a concerning symptom. Right. Inadvertent weight loss definitely makes me think of possibly cancer. The time course lines up with her cough. Very progressive over the past five years. Mm -hmm. The rest of the review of systems wraps up with recent infections. No symptoms of upper respiratory infection. No exposure to TB. We can just come out and say, have you been with anyone who has TB? And when was her last test? No, she never has been around anyone who tested positive for tuberculosis. Her last skin test for work was normal. All right, that's a focused history focusing on the review of systems. Now we want past history, right? Her medical history, her family history, and social history. Because cough could be related to smoking, could be related to her living conditions or her work. Definitely could be related to her heart as well, too. Yeah. So 
how would you ask about her past medical history? This is where I would probably just prompt her. Do you have any diagnosed medical concerns? Do you have any history of maybe high blood pressure, diabetes, anything I should know about? Yep. So she says, yes, I do have high blood pressure, which was diagnosed five years ago. And this is really key, I think, because the patient says high blood pressure. And a lot of times in the clinic, patients can experience white coat anxiety. They can also feel a little intimidated or confused by medical jargon. So if you say, do you have hypertension? She might say no, but she has high blood pressure. Because to a lot of patients, these are different terms. Right. So it's very important to think of it not only from a doctor's point of view, but also from a patient's point of view, what terms you use it. Definitely. And this is what I would also ask something like, okay, if you do have a history of high blood pressure, what is your blood pressure typically at home? Do you measure it? Sometimes patients do have like a little slip that they tabulate their blood pressure and keep track of it. You know, she may say, no, only my doctor told me I have high blood pressure. So things mm-hmm. are taken into consideration. Right. So moving on, we ask her about allergies and medications. She says she takes lisinopril, which is an ACE inhibitor. She had a C-section when she had her daughter. No sick contacts, no past surgical history besides that. Family history is a father who died of a heart attack when he was 70. And where does she work? Supermarket. What's her living situation? She lives with her husband and her daughter. What is her alcohol intake? She has a glass of wine every other day. And does she do any recreational drugs? She says, I hate this illegal stuff and would never use it. (laughs) I like her answer to that. Next question is, do you smoke? She says, I have smoked about two packs a day for 35 years. Smoking is a risk factor for a ton of conditions, specifically ones that we're looking at already. COPD, congestive heart failure, lung cancer. Yeah. And this is where in your mind, you would first calculate pack years. So this patient has 70 pack years of tobacco use. And then this is also where you should make a mental note where you offer this patient smoking cessation and counseling and support, most importantly, support where you emphasize that partnership. Yeah, definitely. And then last question is, do you exercise? And she says, I don't have time for that. So that wraps up our history. And now we move on to a physical. A lot of times when you're preparing for these clinical cases or an OSCE, you run out of time. So what's the key thing that you would make sure to do in the physical? Well, first, I would begin with three things. One, you better wash your hands. And if you're not going to wash your hands, you better use gloves. That is a non-negotiable, right? So sometimes washing your hands takes a little bit longer and gloves could be a little bit faster. That's one thing. Draping is absolutely crucial. So do not forget that. And that's something I would actually recommend practicing proper and respectful draping. And then third, it's not mentioned here in the case, but I think it's a little point that would be head up helpful here. Make sure that your hands are not cold because that makes the patient a little bit more uncomfortable. So just rub your hands together for a few seconds to make sure that your touch to the patient is comfortable. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially when you're palpating the abdomen. Sometimes you can cause them to tense Yeah, just from having cold hands. Definitely, definitely. And even like head, neck, no one wants cold hands on them. Yeah. Same thing goes for stethoscopes. Those are cold. Sometimes it helps to warm them up a bit. Yep. Same thing. Say we're running out of time. Definitely keep an eye on the clock and be vigilant about how much time's left for the physical examination and the rest of the encounter. But the first thing I would look for would be the neck to check for JVD Mm -hmm. and making sure there are no signs of congestive heart failure there. That's right. Yeah. Jugular venous distension. And you're always welcome to carry a clipboard into the patient counter rooms, whether it's on an exam or real life, where you can always make a note to say, okay, I want to check for XYZ specifically. Yeah. If I had a clipboard, I would have written 
JVD, inspect the heart, inspect the lungs, and double check that edema. Those are the four things I would focus on. So along with JVD, we want to palpate the lymph nodes of the head and neck, and then we move on to the cardiovascular exam. Or if it was me, I would go right to the extremities, inspect the hands, inspect the pitting edema on their shins, on their legs, and then you can move on to the lungs and heart. So for the heart, you want to auscultate, palpate, and examine hepatojugular reflux. And the apical impulse. So you want to make sure that you put your hand properly and palpate the point of maximal impulse anterior to the chest, just under the sternum where you can feel the heartbeat. Exactly. And then we want to move on to the lungs. Now, the order they list is inspect, palpate, percuss, auscultate the lungs, do an examination for vocal fremitus. So on AMBOSS, we have a couple of clinical exam videos on how to auscultate the lungs, but it's also really key to make sure that you go deep enough in the lungs to check if there is any fluid built up at the bottom of the lobes. I would really emphasize the clinical videos because you want to make sure that when you're doing these physical examination maneuvers, you're doing them properly. But that's where practice comes in. That's where videos like this come in. Mm -hmm. Very good point. We've done a physical. Now the next checklist item is communication and interpersonal skills. And these should be kept in mind the entire time. Before you even step in, you need to make yourself professional. So you need to knock on the door. You need to provide the patient respect and privacy. So knocking on the door, introducing yourself, using the patient's name, asking open-ended questions, listening, not only listening, but listening attentively, showing interest in the patient as a person. This is exactly what we brought up support their emotions. So when she mentioned that her father died of a heart attack, if it was recent, you could offer words of support. And then you need to properly express the differential diagnoses and your workup plan to the patient. Because again, they're a partner, right? And we're in this together. And that's the most important thing in my mind. I really like that. Yeah. So last we have a workup plan, describing that to her along with the differential diagnoses, and then writing a patient note. So what are the top three concerns you're thinking of that fit this patient's history and physical? Definitely, given her history of smoking, I would put COPD definitely on the top of the list. She has 70 pack years of smoking. Her shortness of breath is worse on exertion. She mentioned earlier in the encounter that she struggles to climb two flights of stairs without being short of breath. So That's one thing I would consider, and we've Mm -hmm. definitely hit on this other one a few times so far, congestive heart failure. For a lot of the same reasons, smoking history, hypertension, lack of exercise, she may or may not have some sort of pitting edema. So those definitely rise to the top of the list. And third, one thing to rule out would be that lung cancer. Exactly. Yeah, I think that hits the nail on the head. So a cough productive of sputum plus her smoking history, plus all these risk factors definitely makes the first two most likely. And the third one is the most worrisome one that we need to rule out. I completely agree. Right. So you could mention something like COPD. You could mention congestive heart failure. And you may also mention the possibility of lung cancer, right? And of course, that is a very heavy, heavy, heavy term Mm -hmm. for a patient to hear. And, you know, it could strike a lot of different emotions. And it's a scary thing, right? Obviously for anyone. You aren't certain that is cancer. We just want to try to find out if it is so we can nip it in the bud before it gets worse. Exactly. You know, on these exams and of course, clinical encounters, that partnership of no matter what it is, 
we will be here to support you through it so you have the best like understanding of your disease and treatment outcomes and things like that. Yeah. I think that's a great show of support for the patient and showing again that it's a partnership. Right. Yeah. Since uh, we're looking at COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, we're going to want a chest x-ray, pulmonary function testing for congestive heart failure. We want to do an EKG, probably an echo, and then we want to rule out lung cancer. Depending on if there's something in the x-ray, you may also do a CT scan. And then obviously, if something comes back positive in the CT scan, then you'd obviously take it from there, like a biopsy. But in this initial encounter, you wouldn't do all of that, right? You don't want to just order the gauntlet of tests rule out the most likely and the most urgent, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, definitely. So that's basically the end of case 19. And we would thank the patient for coming in and we would reassure her that we're going to follow up with everything and we're here for her. She can contact us outside of the clinic and we'll follow up with future appointments as well. Awesome. So we have here at Amboss plenty of different cases for your learning, your practice and your perfection, honestly. These cases, I know they're, you know, meant to be for like exam preparation and things like that. But the one thing I really want to hammer home is that it's not about exam preparation. Yes, in the immediate future, sure. But it's about what you can offer your patients and making it the most pleasant, comfortable experience is going to be very rewarding for you moving forward with your career. Yeah, absolutely. And you can practice more of these. We have 40 of these clinical cases on the AMBOSS platform. You can download our apps on our website. You can sign up for a free five-day trial and you can find more information at amboss.com. So I want to thank you once again, Syed, for joining me today and running through this clinical case. I think it was really, really cool. Different style of episode. (laughs) It's my pleasure to be here. And thank you for everyone listening at home. And thank you, Tanner. In today's episode, we walked through a clinical case written by the Amboss team. We covered cough and some helpful, practical, clinical tips for any medical students and test takers out there. Hopefully you found it helpful. Please let us know if you like this style of episode and we can do more in the future. The links in the description can give you a more in-depth understanding of these concepts. If you like this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check out the AMBOSS platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at amboss.com.